0: All right. Hello, everybody. Um, it's Friday night
1: at 8 p.m. here on the uh, East Coast. And um, welcome back to the show. I guess you would call it. It's not really a show, but it's a live Bible study. Uh, Let this mind be in you. Uh, that's the name of the program. Um, so we've been in Hebrews the last couple of weeks. And so I just wanted to uh, welcome those that have watched some of these videos that maybe will tune in live today. Um, I don't ever expect a lot of people uh, to tune in live, especially now. Um, I mean, I just got started with this with this uh, program here on YouTube. Excuse me for a second. Let me see something. Oh, okay, we're good to go. Um, so I just got started, obviously. And uh, so one thing that I'd I like to do is these live videos. The only reason why I like to do them. Um, not the only reason, but one of the reasons is that I can just go straight live and it just gets uploaded to YouTube. And so I don't have to uh, waste a lot of time getting these uh, Bible studies uploaded. Um, with that, it's, uh, going to be a little bit different because, uh, live episodes, obviously, well, they're live. So <laughs> there's going to be plenty of gaffes. Um, I went back and I watched the, the last episode um, the last installment of "Let This Mind Be in You," the live study of Hebrews. I believe we went through chapters one and two. Um, I made plenty of mistakes. Uh, I could, I misspoke several times. Nothing heretical. Don't get me wrong. I, it wasn't something that was um, contrary to God's word or anything like that. But um, it said things a little bit incorrectly. So I'm going I'm to try to um, try to work on that a little bit more. All right. So uh, turning your Bibles to Hebrews chapter three. As way of introduction now, um, we're going to kind of review a little bit. Um, Remember when I said in the first, I think it was the first one or maybe the second one, like either the introduction one or when we first started into Hebrews chapter one. um, I mentioned that a lot of these things in there, if you read it and you read it um, through the prism that it's meant for us doctrinally, every single bit of it doctrinally right now in this dispensation, there's a uh, there's a potential to get kind of confused and to think that there's contradictions in the bible let me assure you there is none there is no contradictions the word of god is perfect if the contradictions happening it's happening in our own minds and the problem with is with us so uh just make sure that when you read these this i'm going to bring up a few things especially today that are good uh the bible says are profitable for the bible's pro- for, profitable for doctrine, for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness um but not everything is doctrinal for us today um th- this will make more sense um if if we as we study through dispensations and 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 how the bible is uh is written um a lot of times people read this book, especially Hebrews and maybe even James and some other books, and they and they have this tendency to say, well, this contradicts with this scripture over here that Paul says. Um, that's why we need to be very careful. Um, we need to be very careful when we read God's word and rightly divide, and that's not a controversial statement. That's what we have to do. We have to study to show ourselves or thyself approved, and so... When we go through this, I'm going to stop every once in a while to make sure that we understand what this is talking about. Because even in this, we can still have a lot of instruction for righteousness and for daily living. This Remember, Hebrews was written to uh, the Jewish believer in um, the time of, let's just say, the apostles in uh, the first century church. Th- this was written then, and it was for them. It's also for now, but there's some there's um, there's some, there's some prophetic things that are in here that are going to apply in the time of Jacob's trouble and and elsewhere. So uh, we're going to kind of mention some of those things. Um, if anybody gets confused or wants me to pause and, and, and say, hey, wait a minute, Brother D'Angelo, you need to back up just a tad bit um, and explain exactly what you said again. And again, if you're not watching this live, um, please leave a comment. And, um, I'll get to it as soon as I possibly can. So, all right. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started in Hebrews chapter three, Wherefore, holy brethren, and we just got done reading chapter two. So, um, on your own time, go back and look at Hebrews chapter two, uh, because there's no chapter break here. Um, it's still kind of considering one thought, one thought here, but wherefore holy brethren partakers of the heavenly calling. Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Now, apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Notice that apostle and high priest are capitalized. It's um, it's not like you can equate this to the apostle Paul or so, so forth and so on. Okay, uh, this is the apostle. Um, he came with a message. Um, he's the high priest who is also the sacrificial lamb. Um, <laughs> it's it's a lot. There's a lot to just this first verse, but we're just going to keep reading down here because um, this, this gets even better. So, who was faithful to him, verse 2, that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, insomuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. Okay, so remember this verse right here when it talks about He who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house, equating that with the body of Christ. So who builds the body of Christ? Well, Christ does, because remember it says, This man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who builded the house hath more honor than the house. Um, I believe, can't remember. Let's look it up real quick.
0: I'm trying to remember. We're, uh made of hands. Speaking of the temple. Yeah, I I will have to maybe look that up later, but um Yeah. Okay, yeah, here it is. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So let's turn over there
1: real quick just to kind of give a um, a thought of what this is kind of talking about here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 in verse 1. So it says here, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, meaning this flesh. This is the uh earth earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved we have a building of god and house not made with hands eternal in the heavens so um this gets even better here says for in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven if so being if so that or excuse me if so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked uh, remember in chapter, I think we just covered that in chapter two when I was kind of making the comparison about the folded up as raiment, the old things will be passed away, all things will become new, Christ will uh, make a new heaven and new earth, um, and he gives us his, His. he clothes us in his righteousness. Um, that's so powerful because right now it says, for in this we groan, remember it's talking about our earthy temp. I don't know about you guys, but... Um, when I, when I get up in the morning and I'm not even that old, I'm 37. I, yes, 37. I turned 38 this year. Um, uh, my body's still kind of beat up, but it's beyond just groaning as you, as you get out of bed, like, ah, it's actually groaning for the struggle that's in the flesh. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, before I even came on here, I was struggling in the flesh of, of getting impatient with some things. Um, I had to apologize and ask forgiveness of my wife right before I came on here uh, because there's always that struggle in the flesh. And I immediately in me, I just groaned. I'm like, Oh man, just every time. And I was about ready to come on here and open up God's word. And, and I had to get forgiveness and I had to make that right. Um, For in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven, that house that's not made with hands, that house, uh, the builder has more honor, as we just got done reading here. So I just wanted to, um, to mention that in uh, verse three. For every house, oh, by the way, remember the writer of Hebrews here is is making the case for Jesus Christ being better than Moses. Remember they they venerated Moses. They re, the the Jewish people were like, oh Moses and and and. <laughs> that was who we they looked to. They looked to that law. Well, notice that he keeps bringing up like Moses and uh, men of old in the Old Testament and always going back to the fact that Jesus Christ is better than them. Meaning he has more honor and more glory in as much that he's the one that created them. Okay? He's the one that allowed them to even exist. So, Um, he's the one that builded the house, may have more honor than the house, if you catch what I'm saying. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. Now, I got a question for you. And if you're watching, which I don't know, maybe a couple people, not sure, but if you're watching, I got a question for you. Right there, who has it been talking about this entire time? It's been talking about Jesus Christ, correct? So, he, but it says, but he that built all things is God. It's still speaking in the same context. Jesus Christ was the word at the beginning. He was God. Still is God, by the way. Jesus Christ, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Wasn't created. He wasn't, um... Well there's a lot of weird uh, doctrines out there uh, let's just put it that way he's always been he's ever he's always existed um, your your brain my brain can't wrap our <laughs> the thought around in there and we can't even figure that out eternity past we can't figure it out but he's always existed uh, just this week I had somebody ask me you know um, we got into a conversation and he asked me something about well where did God come from then and um I basically it's very hard to explain to somebody who's who's a professing atheist anything that's spiritually can uh, discern. But I will say that I basically just said, Well, if he was created, he wasn't God. See, he built all things that way he's always existed. So um I just wanted to kind of bring that up in the first four verses there that this is in fact speaking of Jesus Christ. This entire book makes the case for Jesus Christ. That's it. That's exactly what it is. And we, you'll see that more and more as we go through uh these these verses together.
0: Verse 5. And Moses verily
1: was faithful in all his house as a servant, for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. Oh, man, somebody, I wish, I wish I had somebody here. I think it's in John, I don't want to give you the wrong verse, but I believe it's in John 14, where Jesus talks about, search the scriptures, they speak
0: of me. Uh, It's in John, I believe. These things that that come up, um, and it's, it's in there somewhere.
1: I, I can't remember where it's talking about these things that pop into my head. And then I, I get, I get frustrated because, uh, I wasn't even, this wasn't even the, the path of a thought that I was even going on. So I, I know I'm being taken down a different path here. So just bear with me a second. Uh, but. I'm going to go ahead and make a stab at it.
0: Uh. Okay, well, we'll we'll go right here. But I, I'm thinking of the verse right now where it talks about um,
1: search the scriptures, um, essentially because they they speak of me. Um, I cannot remember where it's at, but I I turned to John chapter eight and on this business of uh, Jesus making the claim that he was better than all these uh, men of old.
0: Um, look in verse. Uh, let's see. Where do we want to start here?
1: Okay, in verse 53, they're asking him a question Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Whom makest thou thyself? That's an important question. You know, Jesus Christ was saying a lot of stuff, and they're like, Oh, who, who you're trying to make yourself out to be here? Well, listen to what he says. Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honors me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him, and if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you, but I know him and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. So this is another verse. I'm, I, there's another verse I'm thinking about, but i that's why I came to John chapter 8, but this, this was the verse, this is another verse that I was thinking of at the same time. But your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Who did who did Abraham do you think spoke of um who did he think he spoke to when those uh the the three messengers came or the three men came and Abraham was standing at his tent and he said hey come on in come on in come on in um who do you think Abraham was talking to <laughs> when he was speaking to that man there uh, I think he was talking to Jesus Christ a pre-incarnate Jesus Christ um the son of God however you want to however you want to put it but God in the flesh at that moment, Um, or at least what was made out to be looking like flesh. I don't know. I just know that that, (laughs) and he saw it. He saw his day, meaning he saw him and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, thou art not yet 50 years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Pay attention now, because Jesus is about ready to say who he is. Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Okay. If you uh, read your Old Testament, you know that uh, Jesus, who Jesus Christ was claiming to be at that moment, he was claiming to be fully God, which, by the way, Paul says in Colossians two eight nine, that he was all the fullness of the Godhead, bodily, so he was
0: fully God. Man, um, I wish I can remember that verse. I'm sure I'll remember later that happens. It seems like that happens every single video that I put out. I think of something
1: which reminds me, I, I was talking about, uh, what is, what are, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And I was, I was like, man, I thought that's, I think that's David in one of the Psalms, the Psalm. Um, and then I was like, well, maybe that's Job. I found a, a verse that kind of says the same thing in Job, but the verse that I was thinking about was in Psalm and it was, uh, the Psalm of David. Speaking of uh, who is man or who is man that thou art mindful of him. So anyways, I went down a rabbit trail. I do that a lot. And I'm going to get, let's get back to it. All right. But Christ as a son over his own house, this is verse six, whose house are we? Remember, he built us, he built us, but we fell, Uh man fell in the, in the garden and he had, he's one day he's going to have to redeem this old flesh again. Um that's through prophecy and stuff we've already talked about. But whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope of the hope firm unto the end? Uh this is the first verse I kind of wanted to make a kind of a pause. Now, if you just read this by itself, you would seem to think that, well, it seems there that um if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the of the hope firm un- unto the end. Meaning well, these things will happen, it like will remain his house um, as long as we hold fast unto uh, into the end or, or rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end, and hold fast the confidence. So it seems like that we're involved in this somehow. if you catch what I'm saying. That's not what it's saying here, unless you're in the time of Jacob's trouble. I don't have time to go into this, Um, it's it's a very long, very deep Bible study, and we want to kind of stay just below the surface of some of these verses. But there will be some enduring that happens in the time of Jacob's trouble, and we'll see this again all throughout Hebrews, and like I said before, I believe that this book right here will be used to testify to the children of Israel the Jewish people in the time of Jacob's trouble. Um, I I firmly believe that. And there's a bunch of scriptural reasons that, again, it's it's a very long study that I'm not going to go into today. The point is, is that if you were to read that and think, well, that's for us today, you could think that we can lose our salvation. Like we have something to do with our salvation in the first place. Therefore, we can lose it. Or God sanctified us i mean he he washed us and 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 built the house so to speak that house not made of hands we are part of his body now and somehow or another we didn't do anything to get into it and now we can get out of it it just we just don't hold on real fast real hold fast to it that's not what it's saying here not for our dispensation okay um, because there's so many other verses that clearly say that it is not up to us The Holy Spirit of God has promised to seal us until the day of redemption. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. And I've already explained in, in another video what the day of redemption is. Scripturally speaking, it is when we are redeemed fully. Our body is not redeemed. This flesh is not redeemed, so to speak. We still have this sin nature. Paul talks about it constantly. We still have this flesh that still, like I said before I came on here, still messes up, um, but our soul and our spirit have been redeemed. So this, the day of redemption, scripturally speaking, is when we are caught up or we're the dead in Christ and we shall rise first and uh, not hind- we won't hinder those that are uh, alive and remain won't hinder those that are, have passed on in Christ. So again, I want to stay just below the surface on that. So if you have any questions on that, please um, send me um, a comment or a text or whatever, however you want to do that. But let's get back to it. I just wanted to make the stopping point right there at verse six. All right. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if ye will hear his voice, Harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Uh, this is speaking of the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. Um, if you remember that Pharaoh hardened his own heart and also God hardened his heart, but wouldn't receive the word of God. Wouldn't He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't obey what God said. God said, "Let let the people go. And he said no. And of course, um, if you know a little bit about the Bible, you know the accounts of the plagues and and so forth and so on. But um someday we we might get into that um in the book of Exodus, um, but not today. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Now, this is speaking of when they wandered in the wilderness. They were constantly, constantly, constantly trying to prove God, meaning test him. like, oh yeah, God. You ever find yourself doing it? Uh, God, if this is what you want, uh, make this happen or something like that. That's trying to prove God, which seems to me that we shouldn't be trying to do. We should just have faith. (laughs) like God, you're in control. I I submit to your will. But that's not what the children of Israel they were uh, doing. They were saying, hey, they were tempted. They were tempting God. Prove me and saw my works 40 years. Um, There's water from a rock there's all sorts of different um there's manna from heaven there was uh i believe it was quail some sort of bird um that was for meat for them i mean there's all sorts of different things i i think of um the the snakes that were sent in and then all they had to do is look at the at the thing that god told them to look at and they were healed there's all sorts of things that god proved and and showed his works for 40 years Wherefore, I was grieved, verse 10, with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Remember, the children of Israel were right on the edge of the promised land, and They, and you know, the first time, and they sent in those spies, and I believe it was Joshua and Caleb came back and said, Hey, let's go and get it, boys. God's for us. You know, he promised it to us. Let's go get it. And the other 10 were like, "Ooh, hey, there's some giants over there. There's a, <laughs> we might want to think about this a minute. And they, they halted. They didn't want to trust God to do what he said he was going to do. Um, and so they shall not enter into my rest, meaning the promised land was the rest. So again, if you read this, trying to apply it doctrinally to right now, you say, well, see there, uh, you won't enter into rest uh, because they were they were uh, grieving God. And so if we grieve God and if we test, it, you know, tempt him and we say, oh, uh, God, do this for me or, or else or whatever, then we won't enter into rest. Well, this is speaking contextually about the children of Israel. Um, and again, like I said, there will be another time where this is doctrinal. But it's good for us to know this because as Christians today. Okay, here's the instruction in righteousness. We are to live by faith, and we are to walk in the Spirit all the time. If we get away from what God has told us to do, we are basically basically not able to rest, if you catch what I'm saying. Meaning that we can't rest because we're trying to rest in our own strength. If you catch what I'm saying, we're trying to rest in our own strength. You're not going to be very restful, but there's peace that passes all understanding when you rest in God's promises. So just some instruction in righteousness there um, for us today. Take heed, brethren, verse 12, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Okay, again, can we depart from the living God? Spiritually speaking, uh, can we jump out of the hand of God who <laughs> says that he's in God's hand and or he's in the Father's hand and in Christ's hand? No, we cannot because we didn't do anything to get there in the first place. Remember, salvation is through the Holy Spirit conviction, convicting you of what, by the way, of your sins. Sins, plural, all of them. Um, the fact that you can't get rid of those sins on your own that you need a perfect sacrifice, and that lamb was slain. He died and was buried and rose again. Even while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. So that's where I'm going with this. But we can't sit there and say, well, we can depart from the living God. But we can depart, again, like I said, from the promises. We can depart from the peace by getting into the flesh. So let that be for the correction for the instruction in righteousness. I know in correction in my life is that when I I tend to get myself in the way, meaning I'm like, okay, this is what I really want. Let's go get it. But I'm not waiting on the Lord or worse yet. God's like, that's not for you. And I do it anyways. Um, There's no rest there. Uh, Trust me on that. Okay, and here's some more instruction in righteousness. But exhort one another daily what is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. That can happen to us as Christians. As Christians, we can actually get hardened to sin. Meaning um, that we do something for so long, even though we know it's wrong, we just get hardened to it. Well, it says here, we are to exhort one another daily. I wish I could be on here every day to exhort people out in YouTube land. I mean, whoever, whoever's watching this, wherever you're watching it. But that's what the importance of the local body of believers getting together to exhort one another daily is all about. Hey, brother, how you living today? Hey, I didn't see you the other day. Um, it seems like you were you're missing. What's going on? Are you all right? That's the kind of exhorting, uh, exhorting each other daily. Um, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. We're to check up on each other. Simple as that. Because we still live in this flesh and we can still fall and still falter. But when that happens, we need to ask for immediate forgiveness and also be around other brothers and sisters in Christ that can exhort us daily so we don't get hardened to sin. It should not. You should never get to the point as a Christian, that you say, "Oh, look what they're doing over there." Yeah, I'm fine with that. Well, is God's word against that? Well, yeah, but well, okay. Then what? What are you doing? You're basically hardening yourself to to sin. Um, the and that's dis. De- you're deceiving yourself. The deceitfulness of sin. If you tell a lie long enough and loud enough, eventually people will believe you. Same thing. A deceit if you tell it long enough, or if somebody
0: tells you a lie long enough, you might start to believe it. All right. I really want to get through
1: a lot tonight, so um let's let's keep going. How long have we been on been on here? About thirty minutes. Okay, we're all right. Where was I? Oh, for verse fourteen. For we are made partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear the voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but when they had, but with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? Speaking of those that, because of their unbelief, God caused, made them to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And then they all died. They all died of that generation, except for, right before they're into the promised land, Moses, Caleb, and Joshua. That's what it says. Um, so, that's kind of... Scary thought, but God said, because if you're unbelief and you didn't do what I told you to do, you're not entering into my rest. You're not re- entering into the promised land. And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them who that believe not. Again, sp- saying what we just got done saying. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Now, here's something else that could also be applicable for us today. If you never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and what he did for you and come to the end of your own righteousness and believe in his righteousness and believe of who he was, he was God in the flesh who came and sacrificed himself. Remember we talked about that, provide himself
0: a lamb. That's unbelief in that will cause you to go to hell when you die.
1: And that's not easy for me to say. That's not easy for me to talk to people about because it's it's a, it's a sobering thought. It's very sad to even think about. But see how easy it is, is that I, he did all the work for you. He did the work. You just need to remove yourself, humble yourself, cry out to a holy God that God, I cannot do anything to save myself. I put my faith and trust. I believe in your promises, your word. I believe in your word. You said you were God. I believe it. I I believe that you died and was buried and rose again on the third day for my sins, which I cannot take care of on my own. But you have to humble yourself and do that today. I pray that you do that today. Um, because that's very sobering. See, So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. That's very sad to hear, but it doesn't have to be that way. If you're out there and watching and you've never done what I just talked about, come to the end of yourself. Come to the end of your own righteousness and put your faith and trust in what he said. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. He is the only way of salvation. And that's not my word. That's his word. Believe it today. Put your faith and trust in him. All right, verse or chapter 4, verse 1. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, the Bible says in Romans.
0: For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. Again, I have to
1: stop here. The gospel for that time was to believe God's word, and you enter into the promised land. Okay? Um, Just remember that. It's not the same gospel that we preach today. Okay? that again, it's a, it's a long study for a different day, but I just wanted to bring that up once more. Again, if you have any questions, put them on here. I got my laptop right here in front of me. Um, so if you got any questions, go ahead and put them on there. And, um, from the looks of things, it looks like there's a little bit of a delay, but I'll get to it as soon as I can. Okay. All right. For which or for we, which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, I have, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the, wor- the works were finished from the foundation of the world. It says elsewhere in the Bible that Christ was um, slain before the foundations of the world. So look that up on your own time. Um, I, I wrote a noble note here when I was in chapter 3 and I didn't get to it. I just wrote one wor- word right here in chapter 3. I wrote down wrath and why do you ask well cuz it shows up here again um remember i spoke about the uh, godhead last time the biblical godhead it's interesting when if you look up the word wrath in the old testament just start searching through the word wrath and see who it's speaking of speaking of god the father um most of the time it comes right out and says that um but that's very interesting a lot of times where wrath is mentioned, speaking of God, it talks about my soul. Um, God's soul was wrathful. Um, I want to. I want to do a study about that sometime. About where where does um, righteous wrath come from? And it comes from the soul of the Godhead, God the Father. So, anyways, let's let's move on. For he spake, uh, verse 4 of chapter 4, For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. Speaking of Genesis. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, not believing God's word, not having faith in what God has said for that time. For him, let's put it this way, not having faith in what God has told you to do in that time period. God in this time period has said, put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross. God at that time told them, believe my promises, enter into the promised land, and they didn't do it. If you catch what I'm saying. All right. Again, he limiteth, A certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. See how it's applicable to all these different time periods? Same thing for this time period. Don't harden your heart. Take care of of the condition today by putting it in his hand and believing in his word. For Jesus had given them rest then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. Who who gave rest to the children of Israel? Who gave rest to David? It says here, for if for Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. I, I, I don't know what all that means, but I, I, that just popped out at me, so uh, I'm going to write a note down. Chapter 4.
0: I need to... Uh, Read that again on my own time.
1: It's kind of hard to like read. I I stop and I mention something, and then I go back to reading. But that just popped out at me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to that on my own time. There remaineth verse nine. Therefore a rest to the people of God, for he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his, in order for you (laughs) to enter into God's rest you have to cease from your works see in their own strength the children of Israel couldn't defeat the giants in the land but in his strength they could have done anything <laughs> because he promised them that he would they didn't believe his word they didn't they trusted in their own works and you see where it got them it got them as a, to be a carcass in the wilderness same thing for us today If you're still trusting in your own works to get you like, I'm good enough, I can make it, you're fooling yourself. Absolutely fooling yourself because right here it says, uh, for the, or excuse me, for he that is entered into his rest, he hath, he also hath ceased. This is verse 10 from his own works as God did from his. So it's given an example. Jesus Christ rested on the 7th day. You need to stop resting in your own works and rest in his work on the cross. See how beautiful that is and see how simple that is once you read the Bible in in context and just read it for what it says. Let us labor therefore. See, that's what you have to read that verse first and uh, verse 10 first because if you don't and you read verse 11 then you're like, "Oh, well it says here I need to labor." Listen, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Okay, so that has several different meanings to it, like we've already talked about. But folks, um, you're not laboring for any to get into any rest. Read verse 10 in conjunction with verse 11, or else you're going to be all sorts mixed up. Because it says right here, remember what we're supposed to be, um, see it has so many different meanings. So we're laboring to be in that rest. I believe here it's, it's actually speaking of the next verse here. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So, this can be meant for Christians. Uh, labor in the word and you'll have rest, trust in his word, read his word, go to the Bible and read these verses with me, Uh, read along, read on your own time, study, and you can enter into the rest, the peace that passes all understanding through God's word. It could also be talking about some things, like I said, um, that will come into play in the time of Jacob's trouble. I, I just, I don't always these things don't always just pop out, I'm like, oh yeah, that's exactly what it means, okay? still have to study. I haven't got this all figured out, trust me, but I know for a fact, reading verse ten, you have to cease from your own works in order to enter into that into his rest as God did from his um Jesus Christ did all the work on the cross. you don't have to do anything, okay. Besides just simply getting out of the way, removing yourself from the
0: equation. Quit trusting in your own works. All right. Verse 13. Neither is there any creature
1: that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a, and this is a great verse, and we might stop here for a second. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Wow. Okay, let's keep reading. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings or feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. All right. Jesus Christ... God in the flesh. He humbled himself and took on the form of a servant, as we saw there in Philippians 2. God himself experienced the same thing, brothers and sisters in Christ, and those that are out there just watching this at whatever time you're watching this. He suffered the same things we do. He felt all the same things because he had an earthly body. He took on earthly flesh, but yet, notice, yet without sin. See, he wasn't born through the line of Adam. He was conceived with the Holy Ghost. So he didn't have the the sin nature that we have. Um, This is just great because we can't sit there and say, well, God, you just don't know how it is. Uh, This situation, this infirmity, this problem, this... uh," He was touched by the feeling of those infirmities, as it says here. He knew, he experienced them. And don't you think he experienced quite a bit when he went to the cross for you and I? I mean, I, I, sometime you just have to really look and study about what a Roman crucifixion uh, was all about. And before he even got crucified, what a scourging through of the cat of nine tails was all about. When people like to talk about 39 stripes, save one. and all. You know, He was whipped 39 times. No, 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 no. Roman centurions, Roman um, guards that were trained with to use that instrument of torture, used it most of the time and killed people. But they knew up to the point where they could do that. He suffered quite a bit. It wasn't 39 times someone was sitting there counting off on a little clicker or something like that. No. They brutally beat the living God of this universe, and he did it willingly for you and I. Hmm. See? See how much better he is than Moses? See how much better he is than any man that's ever walked this planet? He created those people. He created those beings. And he took on that flesh in order to save your soul and mine. And not only our soul, but our spirit and our body. Because the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul, which you can't see, spirit, which you can't see. And then it says, and the joints and marrow. Ooh, that's flesh, body, soul, spirit. It's quick and powerful. I know that those words just spoke to me just now, just thinking about that. Wow. Look at the access now because of the high priest. If you know anything about what the high priest was to do, he had to make offering for his own sin. He had to go into, before he even tried to go into the Holy of Holies, to offer a sacrifice for the sins of the nation. And that was only one time a year, once a year, And it was a terrifying thing for the high priest to do. But only one person, after sanctifying or trying to sanctify himself, making a sacrifice, doing that sacrifice, putting, uh, I believe, it was the tip of blood on his right ear and some other different things. It was very ceremonial. And um, God laid it all out. He said, look, before you go into the Holy of Holies, Uh, This is what you're going to do. They often, they always tied ropes around their legs and had bells. So the the people that were standing out outside the Holy of Holies would uh, be able to pull them out if God struck them dead, if they didn't do what they were told to do. So very, very scary, terrifying. But look what the great high priest, Jesus Christ, gave us access to. Let's look at verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If your time of need right now and your, uh, is that the fact that you're lost, the Holy Spirit of God will convict you of a need for a savior. He'll tell you, he will speak. He will convict you of your need for a savior. He will convict you and you know, you have those sins. You know, you're not a perfect individual. I'm not a perfect individual. But the difference is, is that I put my faith and trust in his finished work on a cross. And when he looks at me, when God looks at me, when I enter into the Holy of Holies, he looks through Jesus Christ, the sacrifice, the lamb. It is so good to think about all these different things because it, it really, really all starts coming together when you think of it that way. So that's my access. But the Holy Spirit of God will allow you to come to that throne room with for with grace because he'll allow you lost person to do that only if you apply or the blood is applied to you if you catch what i'm saying just like that high priest had to make a sacrifice for his own sin and he had they had to do it every single year the blood of bulls and goats was not good enough we're going to see that later on in hebrews it wasn't good enough But the death of the testator went in once into the Holy of Holies and took care of that for eternity, for you. Ask and cry out for that blood to be applied to you. And you can have access to this throne room, that throne room unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy. That's where the mercy comes in. We don't deserve salvation. We haven't done anything. Our righteousness are as filthy rags, but he lived a sinless life. Remember, all the infirmities, just the verse before it, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. He that knew no sin. Let's go back to that
0: verse. Uh Oh my goodness. He one second, folks. Yeah, second Corinthians 5, and verse 21. Let's turn over there real quick. Turn
1: in your Bibles. Follow along with me. Make sure you have a King James Bible. So it says exactly what this says, because this is so so good. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And start in verse 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then were all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. That's pretty plain language right right there, by the way. Not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That perfect sacrifice. Wow, so good, so, so good. I've enjoyed this uh, this time going through chapter 3 and chapter 4. Um, I, again, we, we really skipped over a lot of stuff. There's a lot of more deep kind of things that uh, we just didn't touch on. Um, but we would literally be here for a very long time. So thank you for joining tonight. We'll go ahead and stop there. Chapters three and four of Hebrews. So much there, so much there for the lost people, the the ones that are lost, that are without Christ. Remember, he that knew no sin, that sin's debt was paid. By him. A holy righteous God can't be in the presence of sin. But somehow, like I said, I can't understand all of it. I just accept it by faith. God manifest in the flesh because the word of God
0: is true. I believe it. it. Said that he came and he died for you. And he's made reconciliation possible. He was the high priest that went
1: into the Holy of Holies once and made that sacrifice for you so that you can have access into the throne room of God, That throne of grace. Were it not for grace, where would we all be? My goodness. So thank you for joining me tonight. Um, I kind of, I was really convicted about a lot of stuff in, in that just, that I'm going to have to go back through and and study and apply to my life. Um, There was so much more that I wanted to get to, but um, there just wasn't, uh, I don't know, just it wasn't supposed to happen uh, because we didn't get to it. But um, brothers and sisters out there, um, I spoke to the lost just a second ago, brothers and sisters out there, We need to be those ministers of reconciliation. We've been reconciled to God through Christ, and um, that's what we need to be doing. We need to be having conversations with people about the change that was made in our lives. Somebody looks at us and is like, well, I mean, you're not perfect. You mess up and all this. kind." Yeah, I do. I still got this flesh, man, that groaning. I know. I know can't wait to put on these, the, the new garment, the new house that he's, <laughs> that has promised that day of redemption. I cannot wait. Um, but we should still be out there proclaiming the word of God. This is, this is it. And if, um, we're trying to give people good life advice and all that kind of stuff, that's just profiteth for a little bit of time. The temporal, it's very temporal. It only it only lasts until the end of the life. Why not do something and share something that's eternal? Be the minister, the ministers of reconciliation. Of that hope that's in you. I just wanted to make that point, just say that, and just encourage you out there to be ambassadors for Jesus Christ. As it said there in 2 Corinthians uh, 5. Um, So we were
0: on here tonight for mm, just under an hour, so that's better, but uh,
1: I hope you enjoy uh, what's going on here. Um, Somebody was joining, oh, hey, Chris Brodsky, Uh, thank you for joining, thanks for um, the words of encouragement there. Um, so it says, uh, motivate me to be a better person. Um, we can only be, we can't be ultimately uh, the best person we can be until we die and meaning, uh, we die to ourselves and put on his righteousness and then, um, we're living in his righteousness. And even then it's going to be a struggle because we still got this flesh and, um, but yeah, just get in the word. Um, I I'm, I appreciate the fact that these videos are helping you. Um uh, that's a big encouragement. So just keep reading the word. Um, keep following along and, uh, let the spirit of God speak to you. Um, I really appreciate
0: you joining me, uh, uh Chris. So, um, Tell all your friends.
1: <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Uh, I, I, this is the most uncomfortable time of a live broadcast because I'm just like, well, all right, now what do I do? Should we just like, uh, I would love to, I wish there was like the two-way communication, like I said, um, uh, besides texting, obviously in the in the chat. But um, yeah, I don't know how to end, so we're just going to end it again. So join me next time. Uh, don't forget, we do have the Facebook channel. Uh, we do have our Facebook page. We do have, um, the Apple podcast, um, search all that stuff. Let this mind be in you. And, um, it's available. Uh, tell all your friends, um, share this video, share the, uh, the page on Facebook. Um, because my goal is here. Uh, my, my vision, if you will, or the, what God has laid on my heart for this is for us to be an encouragement, this to be an encouragement to believers and to strengthen them in the word of God and for them to study and to be um, edified and strengthened. And it's also, I mean, but first and foremost, it's also, it is to preach the word of God. It's to preach salvation. a Salvation by no other name given among men, whereby you must be saved. Jesus Christ. The name above all names. So, thank you. thank you. Um, I really appreciate the fact that um people turn turn into this if I said something that was amiss or I said something that maybe was a little bit confusing um please uh leave a comment I don't mind but like I said to somebody else, I commented on it some other some other page on one of their videos somebody had made a, a comment that was kind of unscriptural, so I just basically told them but I didn't tell them what I thought. I just pointed out the simple scriptures. So um, that's all we need to be doing. So, all right, that's it. I'm done right at right at one hour. So we'll go ahead and sign off of here. And um, I love you in the Lord, brothers and sisters out there. Um, and again, go to that high priest. If you have not come to the high priest who's made that sacrifice for you, Please do so today. All right. Join us next time and let this mind be in you. I really appreciate you for
0: for joining us. And uh, we'll see you again, hopefully real soon. All right. God bless.